Welcome to Calvary Conversations. My name is Sean LePage. I'm the Ministry Studies Chair and uh, Professor at Calvary University. And uh, my guest today, I'm very pleased to say, is uh, Calvary's relatively new uh, president, Dr. Alexander Granados. Uh, just a little bit about Dr. Granados. Uh, he is a uh, uh, um, a graduate of UCLA, the Master's uh, Master's Seminary, and um, got his uh, doctorate at uh, his PhD at Biola University. Uh, he was born in Bogota, Colombia. He's uh, just a, a, a ton of experience in higher education as an executive, and uh, he's been a president. He's been associate provost. He's been a vice president of academic affairs, associate academic dean. Just a long and just really uh, pretty uh, dynamic career in uh, higher education. And uh, so we're gonna actually uh, talk to Dr. Granados uh, in two parts. Uh, I just think it's gonna be so valuable for uh, all of those who uh, would be listening to Calvary Conversations to, to uh, first of all, get, get a little bit more of an introduction to Dr. Granados and his vision for Calvary University, as well as, uh, talking with us about the theme of the first several Calvary Conversations, and that is uh, the, the challenges and the opportunities of proclaiming the gospel in uh, multicultural America in 2021. So thank you, Dr. Granados, for joining us today. Well, Sean, it's a pleasure to be uh, with you during this time of Calvary Conversations. Very excited about Calvary Conversations for us to be able to engage in what are important and meaningful conversations as it relates to the gospel, as it relates to Christian ministry, and obviously for us who are passionate about Christian higher education. So thank you for the opportunity. Well, great. Um, uh, would you just begin, uh, for those who don't know, would you just kind of give us the 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 relatively brief version of, of uh, how you ended up uh, here at Calvary University? Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Is I, I feel like the missionary that comes home after five years on the on the mission field and is asked to tell us everything in two <laughs> minutes. But um, exactly. Well, I, I'll try to be uh, brief, of course. Uh, but brevity for a preacher is, is is always elusive. But but I'll try. Um, in many ways, uh, coming to faith uh, as a teenager. Uh, and absolutely funnel in love with God, with the word of God, with his church, uh, very passionate about being a, a churchman and therefore blessed to have had many uh, amazing believers who have discipled me along the way. Uh, people who immediately begin to ask and, and, and help you to identify what is your gifts, what is your passions, what is God therefore specifically calling you. And I was in a path to go into uh, business and law uh, in corporate life and uh, really pursuing the things of, of a law career, potentially even uh, the, the the political realm. I, I studied economics and political science at, at UCLA and preparing myself for that life. Um, but it was sitting in the Anderson School of, of Management at UCLA where I really began to sense a call of God into Christian higher education. And because I already had had quite a bit of, of exposure, of course, to, to the world of, of politics and, and business, uh, understanding a lot of those dynamics, uh, and then the great need, yes, that still remained for many uh, qualified men and women who will go into those realms, uh, into those vocations, but believing God was changing my direction 
to be involved in Christian higher education. So that's why I uh, did not continue with any business or law uh, degree education, uh, but instead uh, decided to go to the master's seminary where I received my, my biblical and theological training and education, um, believing that I needed to know what the word of God says, believing that I needed to be able to exegete scripture and then be able to understand and discern the times and, and the culture in which we're now trying to live out the, the truths of, of our faith. I also then believe I needed to have that uh, biblical uh, education, uh, understanding education and intercultural education because of the global realities. So needing all of that education, the, ultimately to do the things that I do today. Uh, I needed to be prepared to be given the tools to have the toolkit to effectively lead a Christian university that obviously has undergraduate education, graduate education, and doctoral uh, level programs. Again, as a as a as a college style university with a seminary, um, and that's why I prepared myself educationally, and then the jobs and opportunity ministries that the Lord would open up for me to be able to take the theory and begin to put it into practice as a professor, as an administrator in all those realms, as an associate dean, as a VP of academics, as a provost, as a president. Uh, and that's ultimately the places that I've been and I've been blessed to, to serve at was to prepare me for such a time as the, to lead Calvary University today. And in many ways, how I, how I got here through all those wonderful experiences. Excellent. So for, for such a time as this, I love the, the, the reference to Esther and, and uh, you know, so, so uh, you, you've had a lot of exposure to uh, higher ed, Christian higher ed. And, and so as you, um, as you survey the, the, the landscape here in 2021, what would you say are some of the, the main challenges for uh, Christian education in 2021? Well, you will hear a lot of people that always will mention affordability, accessibility, um, that, you know, are we are we being sustainable? Uh, is your education affordable? Uh, can students access it, right? They want the campus experience, but now world of online education and therefore accessibility. Can I do can I do college or my pajamas? Right. And uh, so those are the great discussions, and they are important to have. Uh, but I think is in that sense, we often put the cart before the horse, and that's where Christian institutions really struggle. We're trying to, to have those discussions without first asking the deep and most fundamental questions that I believe that an institution that is truly being faithful, faithfulness, that's the main struggle for many institutions. Many institutions, if they're not faithful to why they were created and started in the first place. Our mission hasn't changed, for example, at Calvary. We are still committed to equipping and uh, men and women who are going to be faithful to serve in the local church and in the world from a biblical worldview. That is and has been our mission and therefore is faithfulness to that mission. That is why it's going to actually propel us into the 21st century and prayerfully beyond or until the Lord returns. So what does that mean? Well, 
then people get lost in the affordability, accessibility of your education, uh, accreditation, all of those things. But if you start to try to answer all those questions without going back to why do you exist? Do we remember why we exist? So we exist to equip the people of God to do the work of God in the church and in the world. If we're not faithful to fulfill the Great Commission, if we're not faithful to fulfill the and live out the Great Commandments, then we are already failing as a school. All those other things about accessibility for we need to answer those, of course. But I think that the landscape in the 21st century is that many schools just really struggle to be faithful. That is really, I believe, the fundamental problem. Um, they it, it seems like many schools decide or struggling to figure out, are we a McDonald's? Are we a Chick-fil-A? What are we? <laughs> and it seems like every three, five years, they're changing the menu. Um, but the menu is not always about course offerings. It's about, do you really understand who you are? Why you exist? Why you were created in the first place? So many institutions, they are but a, a shell of what they used to be from a biblical uh, perspective. Um, that, again, we just don't. They might be now call themselves that they were they once had a faith heritage uh, or they used to be a, a a faith based institution rather than being very um, passionate and committed to the still the biblical convictions that they originally once had wanting to 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 compete. So um, what I hear a lot is, you know, name the school X, Y, Z. And that's who they want to be. They want to aspire to be this school. And you always will hear aspirational. Who, who's your, who do you measure yourself up to? And I said, once you start doing that, then your eyes are off of Jesus, off of Christ, and they're placed on another institution and, and people. Uh, our standard always is, what is it that, why were we, why do we exist? Why were we originally founded and created for? And that was to fulfill the purpose of God. So our eyes must always be fixed on what would God have us do. So it sounds like, you know, you you would probably say that that kind of a school that is is being faithful to its original mission and that kind of thing is is becoming a more and more rare uh, commodity, right? So, um, you know, give us give us uh, the plug, not not just not just as a marketing uh, you know response, but you know, why should Christian parents, um, I guess specifically Christian parents, uh, consider sending uh, or encouraging uh, their their college student, or let me also just frame it, including those college students, you know, uh, why should a, a, a Christian a student who is ready to, to, to start college and they've, and they've got all these options in front of them, why should they choose Calvary University? Well, you know, there, that's a great question because, you know, education in many ways, um, as people see it today, and this is the problem I believe we find in the church, the weak churches make for weak schools, and then weak schools make the church weak. So in that sense, if we are not getting uh, our young people that are coming out of the church 
that are in, in many ways ready for a Christian institution experience. If, if, the, if the parents are struggling in raising their children, but I believe that one of the struggles is that within churches, uh, having myself worked in youth group, you know, we struggle with parents who they want their kids, we desire to have a good future for our kids. So it becomes about a job, about a career, and making that your priority. Again, uh, I've been a business professor, so of course I, I've been a professor to teach people how to make money. That in many ways, we, we don't teach you about those principles to go and have businesses that fail and not make money and not be able to earn a living. The problem is that when you, when we go back to Genesis 3 and we see what happened in the garden, man wants to figure out a way after the fall, because of the fall and after the fall, a way of creating a different reality for himself away from the God who created him. So it becomes a matter of now living for self rather than living for God and living for others, which again, we go back to the great commandments. So because of that, it becomes a matter of you always are trying to find an easier way to undo the effects of the fall. So we want to create different idols. One of the idols that we create is the idol of materialism or our career or being able to make money and lots of money. So we want our children to do better than what we did and we want to live them in a place where they will have a better life than we are. I will never be able to give my daughters, which I have two of them, a life better than what God can provide for them in eternal life. That is the greatest inheritance that they could ever possibly have. It doesn't matter how many houses, how many cars I live in, any of that. So what I want from them, first and foremost, is that they will live a life that will glorify the Lord. And in glorifying the Lord, whether they are have a very high paying job or a very successful career, I know a lot of people that are very successful in the world's eyes, but absolutely I know where they will spend eternity and it's not with us, Sean, and it's not with Jesus. So when we buy into the mentality of the one with the most toys at the end wins, no, you, they're going to be left here and one day they will burn away. But schools like Calvary are committed absolutely to equip men and women that in their chosen vocation and profession, we are going to put you in a place in a career where you will prayerfully be able to care for yourself and your family, be able to care for the church and giving and tithing to your church, be able to be generous and create enough of resources to help accomplish the work of the ministry. But there's got, your life has to be more than just that, or else you make those things your idol. You make that really the priority of your life, not God. So what you are actually doing by default is busying yourself with creating your kingdom, not his. So again, we go back to what's really the first priority. Is God my first priority or is me and my wealth and what I want my first priority? Well, biblically, I know that if I get make God the priority, then all those other things will be added unto me, will be added unto us. So what I want to always say to parents and to prospective students is, do you want your life to have a lasting eternal impact or do you want your life to only be for temporal? It will burn up one day type of impact. Yeah, because um, that's where institutions like Calvary stand in that gap. 
we are going to educate you. You will have the knowledge and the skills needed for your vocation and your profession to be the best teacher, to be the best, uh, um, you know, if you pursue criminal justice, if you are in pre-med, if you are in, in business, if you are in counseling, you're going to be the best equipped man and woman of God to do that particular discipline, that particular job and career. But you're not doing it for that. You're doing it for the glory of God. You let your good works so shine among men that they will not ask the questions as to, Sean, why are you so successful? Why is there so much joy? Why is there so much of that in your life? And it is it's not because I, ha I find ultimate joy and fulfillment in my job. I find joy and fulfillment in God, and I'm blessed to have this job to be able to do the things that God has called me to do. And we need to equip and continue to equip men and women to know and understand that and for parents to understand that that is an education worthwhile making an investment in that's that's great you know, you know and, and i've this this all reminds me of some conversations we've had and, and that i've heard you talking about many times and that is um the the significance uh of the the name change uh that that calvary is now calvary university and and uh, no longer Calvary Bible College and Theological Seminary, um, you know there were uh, various reasons why that cha change was made, but but um, but it's 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 a significant change, and 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 the idea of Calvary being a university uh, comes with uh, comes along with that idea of you know uh, that that you know so so I'm a ministry studies guy. I've been in local church ministry and in ministry full time vocational ministry. Uh, really all my adult life and and I can't imagine why anybody would want to do anything else but um you know uh, God has gifted us differently there's there's diversity in the body of Christ right and so so um there's a, there's a really there are really good reasons why Calvary wants to train people uh not only in ministry studies and 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 preparing for pastoral ministry uh and bible and theology but also in education and business and science, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Would you speak to that a little bit? Well, yeah, thank you, Sean. I, I think that that is one of the, the things that people are often confused about. So yeah, the name was changed. Um, so we're Calvary University. But even in being a university, we didn't do away from the college portion, the undergraduate education that we provide. So it's still there. It's not like it just disappeared. It's still there. We still are equipping undergraduate students. And Calvary had done that way before even the name was changed. We do provide graduate programs that are not just seminary programs, but they're other uh, graduate level education, like in business and, and, and other programs like that. Uh, advanced programs in, in counseling, uh, those type of programs, and future uh, master's level education that we will provide. So you have still the college or undergraduate level education, you have a graduate programs and graduate school, and then we have more advanced or a doctor program, now a PhD, but a seminary. So those actual units of the school are still there. We didn't get rid of it. We didn't stop teaching Bible. If anything, one of the distinctives of a Calvary education, undergraduate education, is that everybody, regardless of what your major might be, 
still has a Bible and theology degree. It's just that those who are not focusing on the ministry side, on the uh, on the I'm going into a pulpit ministry into the missions world and, and that they have Bible and theology plus now their actual degree, whether it be business, education, whatever that might be in, in the sciences. So that's still very much there. The name change didn't change that at all. The and therefore and we still have our, our seminary education. What it actually allows us to do is to have a better understanding of how we truly organize ourselves as an institution. That's why we are a university, but still very much committed to the ideals of higher education. And we also have to remember that originally in America to talk about higher education, it was to talk about Christian higher education. That is really the origins of higher education in America. It was right. Christian. It wasn't anything really other than that until the government got involved uh, into providing uh, higher education as a way of competing and efforts in many ways, I believe, to exterminate Christian higher education that they believe was elitist and and would uh, would not uh, um, have access to the masses. But for them, it was again for the government uh, an effort now to to provide an alternative to what they believe was a monopoly of Christian higher education. So Calvary as a university still very much committed to the three pillars of what has historically been Christian higher education. Service, the teaching and the research scholarship side of things so that as a university Calvary is absolutely committed to quality teaching that we are teaching, instructing our students from a biblical worldview, but we will provide for them the skills and the knowledge that is necessary for their chosen profession. But we'll do that always with the Bible being a required textbook of all of our classes and absolutely that it is approached from a biblical worldview. We build it on the word of God with a true aspect of knowledge. And then we are able to affirm the truth of the word of God and then to test what is true based from the word of God. So we're going to produce scientists that are very highly skilled in the sciences, but they are able to biblically understand the science and science. So as a university, that's how we function, but we're committed to also research and scholarship. A renewed, redeemed mind. Of a, of a man or a woman of God is an amazing, powerful thing that God has created. So we want to foster great thinking and creativity and innovation that a redeemed mind, I believe, is able to produce things that are absolutely glorifying to God because their mind has been renewed. And therefore, why we should be very excited about promoting and enhancing continual research and writing uh, among believers with a renewed and re uh, mind that is obviously focused on giving glory and honor to God. The other thing is service. The reality is that we must be an institution that is constantly speaking the truth and in love and living out the great commandment, loving God and loving others. We should be the type of community that we are a good friend, we are a good neighbor, that we are going to be known for our Christian love and compassion. How do they know that we belong to Christ? They will know us by our love. 
But love has to be an active love that is demonstrated and lived out. And because of that, we do need to be very much embedded into all everyday community life. We cannot be a well-kept secret. We have to be a school that is known, a school that engages with the community, absolutely committed to proclaiming the gospel, absolutely committed to exegete scripture, but then to discern the times and to be able to speak the truth of the word of God into culture and in the context in which all of our students are going to ultimately go and serve. And we prepare them and equip them to do that. Well, it it sounds like an, an, an amazing uh, vision to me, because really that's what you just described is your vision for Calvary University. And I, I, I assume that's correct. And, and it's almost as though you're saying that your vision for Calvary is just essentially excellence to 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 stay on mission and and uh you know meet the challenges of 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 our time um you know with excellence is that is that a good well, summation it, of what it, you're saying it is it is you know again let me go back a little bit as to how i i eventually believe god was calling me to christian higher education i'm sitting in the anderson school of management at ucla having an unbelieving um um professor and you know not trying to spiritualize remember i, I wasn't that seminary trained at the time but I'm sitting there and I feel like I'm David and here's this Goliath, right? Here's a, a prominent scholar at UCLA who has been brought into UCLA to actually, he was there to be the found, one of the founding members of the School of Public Affairs. So I'm, I'm learning from this unbelieving professor all kinds of things about politics, about public affairs, and he is a, a, a well-known person in that field and obviously has been brought in to establish the school at UCLA. And I'm feeling like, how, how in the world, how is this Philistine, this Goliath mocking the living God? How does he in class, every time he wanted to talk about ignorance or, or, or bad management and all of those things, would always choose to pick on God and the things of God and some Christian organization? So there I am as a, as a young, uh, you know, university student raising my hand and he would mock me. And but what he did, it, it, it actually it didn't weaken my faith. He said it, it created in me a passionate desire. Christians must be excellent in all that we do because that's what God requires. And therefore that I wanted to commit my life to equipping men and women to not not be sanctified mediocrity that oh oh that's good enough right the great philosopher mediocrities right mediocre is enough right no that we serve a, a a god a creator god that we see beauty and excellence in all that he does and because of that committed to equip men and women who will live that will be committed to do that God has called us and redeemed us by his grace and his mercy to do good works. It doesn't say, oh, mediocre works. Uh, if you get around to it, no, for good works. That's what we have been created for. So here we are as Calvary University. We are a parachurch ministry that comes alongside of the church to make sure that the men and women who will be in the pew, if their job is outside of a church, that they're going to be excellent 
and go do that with great distinction. And in that sense, that these are the individuals that are going to be faithful in their local church and utilize all of their skills and gifting in that church. They just happen to actually now have to go and earn a living outside in another vocation. But in that place, you absolutely must be excellent. Mediocre is not acceptable. And therefore, we prepare them to go out, go out into those valleys and to meet those Goliaths. But the story is not about David and it's not about Goliath, because even in that great story, who is really the hero? It's not David. It is the God of David. David would be appalled as to what we do, the mockery that we make of that story, mm-hmm. because the hero is God. That's why he went into the valley. Because it is his God who slays the giant, not David. He went down there because he believed in God. So we need to equip men and women that are going to go out into the world, equipped, fully armored and ready to go, to go into those dark places and bring the light of the gospel into those places. That is the mission and the vision of Calvary. Uh, While we have those who will be in the pulpits, who will be in the mission fields, and we are going to collectively do all of that. That is what God has called us. That is our mission. So my job is to make sure as a president that um, we are excited and motivated as an institution uh, from all of our faculty and staff, from the students to the alumni, to our donors, to our partners. That's what we're here to do at Calvary University. That's great. That's great. I'm glad to be a part of it. But uh, for this first part, we are out of time. So. Um, if you uh, are listening to us today and you would like to interact with myself or Dr. Granados, you can do that through our website, uh, through, the, through the main uh, uh, phone number and, and the request info form there, or you can contact us through the faculty page. Each of us have individual contact information there. Calvary Conversations is a ministry of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, you can find more information at uh, calvary.edu, or you can call us at 816-322-0110. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations. Grace and peace. Mm -hmm.